Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast is a Christ-centered podcast. Established in 2019 and hosted weekly by Pastor Chris Busher. Addressing a host of topics such as the Great Commission, Christian discipleship, and often featuring interviews with special guests who are experts in their field. The views and events expressed on this podcast and all related materials belong solely to their author and not necessarily to the author's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. While all attempts are made to present accurate information, some information may become outdated over time. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast makes every attempt to timely update any and all such information. Without further delay, here's another powerful episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Dallas here with another episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Once again, I'm so pleased to be with you today, calling you from Brazil. Right now, I'm not in our typical city, Sao Paulo, Brazil. Today, I'm traveling to visit my wife's family in the south of Brazil, Rio Grande do Sul, Right now, it is our summer. It is winter in the U.S. right now, but it is summer here, January 14th. And let me tell you, it is hot in Brazil. It gets to about 45 degrees Celsius, which is like 110 degrees Fahrenheit. It's so hot right now. Today, we have another wonderful guest joining us, James Lopez. And he's going to talk with us about his newly released book that he wrote, available on Amazon. He'll be joining us here in a few minutes. Before we talk about that, I just have a short message I want to share with you. This is my message for the year of 2022. I was reading in Luke chapter 17, 11 through 21, about the 10 lepers that Jesus healed. Let me read this verse for you real quick. While Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, he was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance, and they raised their voices and called out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were miraculously healed and made clean. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, glorifying and praising and honoring God with a loud voice. And he lay face downward at Jesus's feet, thanking him over and over. He was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, were not 10 of you cleansed? Where are the other nine? Jesus said, get up and go on your way. Your faith, your personal trust in me and your confidence in God's power has restored you to health. Was there no one found to return to give thanks and praise to God except this foreigner? Now, having been asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he replied, the kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed or with a visible display, nor will people say, look, there it is, for the kingdom of God is among you because of my presence. After reading this a couple of days ago, I think I read this on New Year's Eve, I think, and this was my, my devotional. And I was thinking that this year, 2022, will be the year in Jesus' name that people turn back and thank God. Because there's so many times where God has worked and intervened in people's lives, and we're thankful. But we don't take the time to turn back and to glorify, to praise, to honor God with a loud voice. I've done this. when I prayed for something. God, answer this prayer for me, for my family, for my wife. And he does. He's faithful. He answers the prayer. And then we say, thanks, God, and move on. And that's all. But I think it's so important that this year in 2022, we turn back, we glorify him, we honor him for all the things that he's truly doing in our lives. He is intervening, intervening for us. He truly is. And I pray that this year, 2022, people who have been far from God, people who have been lost, turn back. They turn around from the way that they were going and they come to Jesus's feet. 
That's what I hope the year of 2022 will be for you, for myself, for my family, for my friends. This is the gospel that Jesus laid his life down. He gave his life for us to live. And I'm so grateful for the sacrifice that he made now that I can live. And so I just wanted to leave you guys with that. It's a short message. Soon I'll be inviting on our good friend, James. Before we begin, I'm just going to say a quick prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time to be with you, to be with our listeners today. Lord, I pray that the words that are spoken between myself and James will be edifying. They will be beneficial to us. I pray that we leave this place different than when we came in, Lord. Bless the audience today. Bless James and his family and his friends. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You're listening to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors. Does God really matter in our modern world? In today's culture, we can look deep into ourselves to find our own truth about anything that concerns us. In Urshwan Tibu's newly released book, A Voice from the Pews, he confronts and dives deep into questions lurking in the pews of humanity. The various topics covered in this book are a collage of thoughts on issues of faith, God, Jesus Christ, and perspectives on life itself. Find your copy of A Voice from the Pews on Amazon today. Sound, simple, and easy-to-use Bible-based curriculum for elementary and middle school children. A Routine for Life engages both the teachers and the children in looking at scriptures, understanding them, and applying them to our everyday lives. The curriculum is focused on creating a routine based on five main activities. Read your Bible, pray, be helpful, be kind, and be thankful. Find your copy by searching A Routine for Life by Marion E. Amois on Amazon today. James, how are you today? It's such a pleasure to have you. I'm doing good. Thanks. And thank you for having me on the podcast. I'm glad to be here. Before we talk about your book, Deus Volt, I would like you to just give us a little bit of more, a little bit of information of who you are, why you're a believer, your family, just some things like this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I began my Christian faith at a young age because of my mom. Um, my mom is, is a, a very very strong in her faith, always has been. And she was the one that kind of, um, uh, you know, brought me into the Christian faith as a, a young kid. I grew up going to church, you know, reading the Bible, learning all the b- biblical stories at a young age uh, from my mom. In fact, I, I actually dedicated my book to my mom and just uh, telling her that, um, you know, her, her faith has always, the strength of her faith has always been an inspiration for me, you know, very much so. Um, my dad, you know, while he was uh, a good man, very hardworking, very intelligent, he was a surgeon. Um, he was a Roman Catholic and, and not a practicing one. Uh, he never went to church. So it was always just my mom that kind of led us in the direction of, of Christ. Um, you know, and I was studying my Christian faith all the way up until my adolescence. Um, but that's when something very, very um, important happened in my life. My parents divorced when I was uh, 16 years old. And it was really super difficult. It was, it was a very hard time for me. And um, at that time, you know, my, my dad moved out. My mom had to start working and she worked like an hour away. She went back to work as a nurse after not working for 20 years and kind of left my brother and I at home. I have a younger brother. He, he was 13 at the time. And, uh, you know, we were at home pretty much most of the time, most of the week, you know, sometimes for days on end. And that's just not a good thing to have at that age, you know. And so in order to, to deal with the pain, 
Um, and in the emotions I was having, you know, I started drinking, um, that led to experimentation with drugs just to kind of bury my emotions, you know, and of course that kind of spiraled into more and more problems until I became so reckless that I nearly died a couple times, you know? Um, and in my opinion, um, I believe it was the grace of God that, um, you know, that I didn't die. And when that happens, you know, it kind of leaves you with the feeling was like, why, you know, why was I spared? You know, what does God have in store for me? Why am I still alive? And so at 20 years old, I was able to kind of just snap myself out of the, the downward, downward spiral. And a lot of that had to do at the time with just, I began weight training. You know, I was always very athletic in high school. Um, I started going to the gym and it just became a huge, you know, emotional and stress relief for me and something I continue to this day. And actually, I, I was actually a competitive power lifter for, for 17 years. I was really good at it. And it was, yeah, it was just, it was fun for me to do. Um, so uh, not too long after that, around 20, I, I started going to college. But I have to say, you know, be honest, I, I didn't live a very Christian life and kind of fell away from God um, through most of my college years. You know, even though I wasn't, you know, drinking or partying or anything like I used to, um, I just wasn't living a very godly life uh, until my senior year. Um, and then, then I started to come to my faith. Um, I, did, I majored in psychology, uh, philosophy, and literature. I took a lot of creative writing. Oh, I just wanted to say I've always been a writer. I've always loved writing ever since elementary school, um, through middle school, high school. And then when I got to college, you know, I took a lot of creative writing classes and had a lot of encouragement from my writing teachers. You know, they always told me that, you know, they, they think I thought that I had talent and that I could just, I just needed to work on my writing and, and keep mm -hmm. writing. So that's kind of how I got into it. Just kind of the backstory of how I got into writing. <laughs> but um, it was after college that... I, I found a job working with kids because after college, I didn't really know what to do. I had a degree in psychology, but I wasn't sure what to do with my life. And I think that's where God really said, okay, this is what I want you to do. You know, and I, I found that I was good at it. It was kind of different working with kids, but I was found that I was really able to form strong, positive relationship with, relationships with kids, um, have a really positive influence on them. And that eventually led to my current job that I do right now, working in education as a school counselor. So I kind of finally found what God had in plan for me. You know, I really felt like he led me to this. Um, it's a job that I enjoy. I love helping kids. And, um, you know, so I, I kind of found out what, what he had in store for me. And at that time, then I started going back to church and started reading my Bible again, um, got involved in, you know, the church activities and, and just started growing in my faith again. You know, and now I feel like I'm, I'm going on to a new chapter in my life with the writing of this, this novel. Um, this is something that's been in me a long time. And it's, you know, finally a, a goal of mine that I've had for a long time. And it, and it finally came out. So I'm very happy to, you know, be sharing this novel with your listeners. And that's kind of my story of my, my Christian faith. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. And yeah, absolutely. myself, I had an addiction as well. And this is something that God brought me out of because of his grace. You know, I'm still alive today as well. What would you cool. say for those people out there listening that are in this place? They're stuck in their life. They want to choose God, maybe, but they can't right now or something's going on. What would you say for those guys? Well, I mean, it's, I'm really glad you brought that up, too, because that's actually one of the, the, the themes of my book. You know, I think the book does have a lot of really um, strong Christian themes. You know, I didn't write it as a Christian book, per se, but there are, you know, very strong Christian, Christian themes. And, and one of the themes... Um, in, in my book is, you know, putting your trust and faith in God, you know, just surrendering to God, letting him lead your life. 
And, you know, even when uh, you're in your darkest, you know, moment or you're frustrated, you're lost, um, just like in the main character of my book, he, he, you know, and like you said, I, or you've been in your life and I've been in my life, you know, that's when we need to just kind of surrender to God and put our trust and faith in God. And he will lead us out, you know, he'll lead us to salvation, to the truth. And that's what the advice that I would have for anybody in that place. Um, and yeah, like I said, that's, that's one of the themes in my book. Um, there's been found in those situations. And what happens is in the book where he, he takes matters into his own hands, he kind of gets frustrated. He takes matters into his own hands um, or places trust in other people. And it doesn't work out for him so well. In fact, it, it becomes kind of a um, uh, problem in the book. So, and I think that's what happens too. You know, when we abandon God's trust and we take matters into our own hands, um, you know, at best things don't work out the way we intended or at worst, it just becomes a big disaster. So, you know, we, we really just need to put our trust and faith in God. Yeah. Thank you. Discussing about your book a little bit more, Deus Volt, A Tale of the First Crusade. Let's just set the parameters here for our audience. Who is this book written for? Is it for a specific age group? Is it for everybody? Um, I would say anybody that enjoys uh, historical fiction, um, especially, you know, medieval history or history of the Crusades and likes action adventure would enjoy the book because it's, it's got a ton of that. Um, so like I said before, I didn't, I didn't necessarily uh, write it for a, a Christian audience, but I do think that those who are Christian and are familiar with the Bible would be better able to appreciate um, not only the, the Christian themes, but a lot of the biblical imagery and references that I make in the story. For example, I make some references to David and Goliath, um, Jonah and the belly of the whale, Samson. I use various passages from the Bible throughout the book. And in fact, one of the chapters in, is entitled Romans 12, 19. So um, this is anybody who would enjoy historical fiction, but I do think that the Christian audience would, would really enjoy it and get maybe a little bit more out of it in, in those respects. And with your current position at the school, is this something you're pushing your students towards? Like, hey, check out my book. This is a, <laughs> something you might like. Um, no. And there's a couple of reasons for that. One is it's uh, I work with younger students. I work with third to fifth, to fifth grade. So it okay. might be a little bit yeah, above their level. <laughs> um, not, you know, I, I think it would be OK for for adolescents, definitely. But it might be a little bit beyond them. And, you know, I, I don't know as far as ethically speaking, if, if I could, you know, encourage people or my students to, to, <laughs> to buy, write your book, book, or, to buy your book or something. Yeah. 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 So. OK. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, I just want to let you share a little bit more about the book, like your personal journey. How did that play into the book? How much of your personal life overlays into it? Yeah, just go ahead. You can share about your book. Sure. Um, kind of like I was talking about before is just, you know, in my uh, in my life, you know, I, I had to really put my trust and faith in God um, is where he wanted me to go in my life. Um, kind of left me wondering, you know, after those things happened, um, what, what, why I was still alive, you know, what God wanted me to do. And that's kind of where the main character is, like I said, in the book a few times, you know, he's really faced with that, his decisions, whether to put trust in God and surrender all control. And he does. Also, another, another um, theme in the book is about truth. Um, something happens early on in the story where the main character, he's, he's questioning the proclamation by the Pope. And if I can, I just want to say that's where the, the term Deus Volt comes from. Um, back in November of 1095, the, you know, the, the whole European world was Catholic, 
And the Pope, you know, back at that time had immense power, you know, he had the power of, you know, even above the kings, he had the power of excommunication. Um, in the case of the crusade, uh, he made a proclamation and this is before any crusades, anybody who, who takes up arms and goes on this, this holy war on them, because in the hand, at that time it was in the hands of the, the, the Muslim Turks, or at that time they were called Saracens, that they, it would count for all penance. If they would take up this journey and, and go and fight in this holy war, that they would be allowed direct passage into heaven. You know, so that was huge. Wow. That's what, what kind of start, kicked off this first crusade. You know, and he had the power to do that. Um, and so my character at first believes this proclamation by the Pope. And then later he meets somebody very on at the early beginning of the story where it's, which that person kind of challenges beliefs. And so he's, he's kind of left with a feeling of doubt. Like, is this true? You know, is, it, is the Pope um, speaking the truth to the masses? You know, what's going on here? And so that's, that's another theme of the story is the search for truth. So he kind of spends his, his, his journey or his time in the crusade wondering if this is true and eventually finds out, you know, the truth of what's going on as far as um, what the Pope is telling the masses, what the crusade is all about. And, um, you know, that's, that's kind of leads into, you know, part of the story too, is, is the quest for truth. Mm -hmm. So, and I, I didn't write this book to make a political statement, but in my opinion, and this is just my opinion that I do think that uh, in today's um, information society, we are fed a lot of things that are not true. I think there's a lot of misinformation and, and um, you know, absence of truth in what we're fed on a daily basis as far as information. So I think it is good to question that, like the main character in the story. And I think if we are really searching for truth or what is true, if we're not sure, you know, whose narrative to believe, so to speak, that we should just rely on God. You know, we cannot, again, that goes back to faith in God, trust in God and mm -hmm. seeking God for truth and not, you know, relying on all this information that we're getting thrown at us, you know, every day. So another thing that I just thought of with this this, I mean, 2022, we're getting more information, like you said, every single day, more platforms, more news stories, more everything. And I think you're exactly right. We need to turn to the Bible for the truth. That's our plumb line yeah. as believers, as Christians. Yeah, I'm glad you said that part as well. My other question that I asked was, how much research went into writing this book? Quite a bit. And there's, there's kind of a story about that, too. Um, if I, I can share a little bit more about my life, um, actually, I, I ended up joining the army in 2000, um, the, the year 2000, because I wanted to go back to grad school. I didn't have any money. <laughs> and I, I heard on the news, of like, oh, you can, you know, use the GI Bill and get student loan repayment and this and that. So I was like, oh, that might be a good thing. Join the army reserves. And that was in 2000. Of course, one year later, you know, 9-11 happened. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, I ended up getting deployed to Iraq in 2003. And uh, so that's when I first kind of conceived of the, I was um, in the third infantry division. We were stationed on the border of Iraq. Um, we we're actually in Kuwait getting ready to invade Iraq. And that's kind of where the story just kind of came into my mind. Um, so it's like, I was just staring out into the desert one night and basically I just started letting my imagine, imagination wander and I began to see this medieval knight kind of wandering through the desert, you know, by the light of the full moon, carrying something. And I didn't really know why I was, I was seeing that. It was just kind of, you know, letting my mind wander. But the more I asked myself why he was there, or what he was doing, that's when the story really started to come out. And so that's where I first conceived of the story. Um, uh, you know, after the war, which is 
very short, you know, thank God. It was only about three weeks, but I was in Iraq for another seven, eight months. And that's when the story kind of started itself, I guess. And then when I finally got back home, um, it was actually after my second deployment. I ended up going to Afghanistan in 2007 that I told my friend about this story. And he's like, you know what? You should set it to um, the Crusades. He said, it, it sounds like a Crusader uh, novel. And he said, but you should really do it based on a historical um, uh, facts of the crusade or historical timeline of the crusade and not just, you know, make a completely fiction. So that's when I, I, I started doing a little research. Um, but then I, I kind of put it off. Honestly, I got, I, I went back to school. I got, I ended up getting a couple master's degrees in education. So that took a long time, you know, and I didn't have time to write the story, but mm -hmm. finally in 2019, I, I, it, the story just had to come out. You know, I think there's a quote by William Faulkner that says story in you, it has to come out. And so at that time, I started doing research on the Crusades. And what I thought was going to be kind of boring wasn't. The, the, the first crusade of Jerusalem was just an, an epic, fascinating adventure. Um, I read like three or four books on the crusade. I watched a lot of documentaries. There's a lot of great stuff on YouTube about the first crusade. And I just got all this information. And that's kind of where it fit, finally. I finally had a, the, the perfect context to tell my story um, weaving it in with the historical um, events of the First Crusade. So that's kind of yeah. how it became a historical fiction novel. But it was so much fun doing the research on the Crusades. It's just absolutely fascinating, especially the First Crusade where it all began. So I don't know if your readers are interested, or, I mean, sorry, your listeners are interested in history, but if they if they look into the First Crusade, I think they'll, they'll really enjoy it and find it a really, really fascinating uh, period of history. And also in my book, I include maps, I include... Um, a historical timeline of the first crusade so i really tried to follow like the history as much as possible even though my, my the story and the main characters are fiction um i really tried to follow uh the historical events and using a lot of the leaders of the first, first crusade as well i can't believe the the inspiration like i interviewed a lot of people about writing books and fiction book nonfiction books but i've never heard someone with such an i don't even know the correct word inspirational start of a story like you were out in the desert looking out there and this just came to your mind. That's really, really intriguing, really. Like that's true storytelling, I think, if I had to say it. That's true storytelling. Wow. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Is there anything else that you'd like to just tell us about this book? What went into writing the book? How long did it take to, once you started putting the pin on paper? Um. It took, let's see, I started writing in 2019. I finished just about the end of 2021. Um, you know, it's, I'm not a full-time writer. Uh, I work as a school counselor and that's my full-time job. So I mostly wrote, you know, the research took a lot of time. I wrote a lot on the weekends. You know, I do get like summer breaks and Christmas breaks, but I spent a lot of time writing. And I guess if there's one positive thing for me about the pandemic was um, being inside a lot and not being able to do, you know, travel and do a lot of things. Yeah. I, I was actually able to utilize that time to just write. You know, I just sat down and wrote and wrote and uh, finally got it done. Um, I hired a historical fiction editor to, you know, read the manuscript. He gave me a, a ton of feedback. You know, it went through three or four, maybe even five revisions. And then wow. I, I just I had such a vision for this novel that I wanted the cover, I wanted artwork, I wanted things to be in the novel. And so I, I found, I believe that God led me to a really great artist. Uh, I found an artist online who did uh, in a fantastic cover. Um, you've seen it, right? 
So yes, I saw the cover. Yep, on Amazon. Oh, okay. What did you think? Of, what did you think about it? I'm just curious. Yeah, I mean, it's whenever you see, it, you're just like, "What is this? What's going on here?" That was my yeah. first thought. Like, what is going on? And then the name yeah. Deus Volk. Most people don't know what that means, and so it's That's just like, true, yeah. "What's happening here?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. It came out exactly the way I envisioned it. So I was, I was super happy about that. And um, so, yeah, there's, there's um, artwork uh, within the novel. It's not an illustrated novel, but uh, it's, there's artwork within the novel. There's, like I said, a historical timeline. Um, so everything took about, about two years total to get everything done the way I wanted in Amazon KDP and in both ebook and um, paperback. So, you know, I hope your, your listeners are able to at least take a look at it, see if it's something they'd be interested in. But um, uh, yeah, about two years total to, to get everything the way I wanted it. Yeah. And do you think this is the, the last book that you're going to write? Or do you think you have some more back there in the vault? Gosh, I don't know. There's, there's, there's other stories that I want to tell, probably not as, as passionately as or as you know, much as I wanted to tell this one. But um, I don't know. I, honestly, I can't. It's hard to answer that question. I, I think I do. I love writing. You know, I'd like to write more. Um, but yeah, it was it was a lot of work. So <laughs> I think I just want to kind of see how this one goes before I before I make any commitments to, to start writing again. But it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of work, but it was it was very enjoyable. So, yeah. Yeah. If you could leave our audience today with one overall fact, it could be book related or not book related. But what's just one thing you want to leave our audience with today? Just that, that, that theme of the book that I was, you know, alluded to many times throughout this interview is just, you have to place your trust and faith in yeah. God. That's where we're going to find truth. And that's where, you know, if we do that, he's going to lead us to where, you know, we're supposed to be. And when you get there, you'll know. So mm -hmm. if I can leave your, your audience with something, that's, that's what I'd like to leave them with. Yeah. Thanks, James. I want to point our audience one more time to Amazon. You can find this book by searching Deus Volt. A Tale of the First Crusade, James Lopez. How can we also reach you on social media? Oh, well, I'm not too much into social media, to be honest. I, I um, don't think it's that healthy and I don't use it that much. Um, <laughs> That's for, interesting. For, just for marketing counselor, purposes. Right? Like, maybe I should listen to that. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, just... <laughs> um, for marketing purposes, I actually have um, hired other people to post my book on their social media, but I have not. Um, I do a website, that, however, that I can I can plug in. It's all the information's there. Um, there's a short um, author bio about myself, and there's links in there to Amazon. Um, so it's Deus Vault, D-E-U-S-V-U-L-T dash T-F-C.com. So Deus Vault dash TFC, which stands for Tale of the First Crusade.com. Um, and like Dallas said, if you go to Amazon website and search Deus Vault book or Deus Vault Tale of the First Crusade, you'll be able to find it there as well. Awesome. James, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it. And if you can end our podcast today with a prayer, I would really appreciate it. Sure. Uh, Heavenly Father, um, thank you for this time today with Dallas and being able to share my book and my faith with all the listeners. Um, I pray that you be with everyone uh, out there that's that's struggling, um, that doesn't know which way to go, that they would put their faith and trust in you, Lord. And we know that you will lead them to the truth and where you want them to be. In Jesus' name.
Jesus' name, amen. You've just listened to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. With your host, Pastor Chris Busher. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast was recorded live in studio with final editing made before uploading. Subscribe today to Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast on iTunes or Google Play. For more fantastic daily content, visit Pastor Chris Busher online via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Don't miss the next episode on Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.